And the Sefer Vayikra starts out with a Pasuk Vayikra El Moshe Vayidabra Hashem Elah Me'el Me'el Lemar And then it proceeds to tell about all of the Nyanm of Karbanes which is Peres Kaihanim that is basically the essence of Sefer Vayikra telling us about all the specific types of Karbanes that are brought in the Mishkan that we have just finished building and we know that the first word, Vayikra, is unique in that it has a small aleph, an aleph ze'ira. And the question is why? Why of all words does this have a, a small aleph? It's very rare to find small letters in the Torah. And the Balaturim explains, and obviously he is basing it on what Rashi uh, tells us as a fact, he uses this to explain why there's a small aleph. And he says that we know that the difference between Nevi'eh Umay Sa'ilam and Nevi'eh Yisrael, and specifically Meshra Abenu, is that a Navi of Umay Sa'ilam, for example, Bilam, Bilam, it says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu called to him, but it uses the Lashon of Ayikar, which is a, an informal calling a sort of coincidental um, cold call, if you will. Something that's not really, it wasn't meant to be a warm, formal um, meeting, but rather it's just sort of agadit. Vayikar al-Bilam, HaKadosh Baruch Hu called to Bilam, but not in any real formal way. He had to get a message to him, and he did it, but it was not done with all of the ceremony and the circumstance that a regular Navi in Yisrael would get. Meshe Rabbeinu, Vayikra El-Meshe, HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls to Meshe Rabbeinu in a full way, Vayikra, not just Vayikar. And so the Balaturim explains that that is why there's a small Aleph. Because you see, Meshe Rabbeinu, Van Visanusai, Meshe Rabbeinu being such a humble, the most humble human being, Apnea Adama, he understood that when he was writing in the Sefer Torah of Ayikra al-Mesha, that was a very big shevach for him. That was sort of distinguishing him from the Umay Sa'ilam and saying that you are not Vayikar, you're not a Bilam, you're Mesha Rabbeinu and therefore it's Vayikra. And Mesha Rabbeinu being the honor that he was, he didn't want to put in that extra Aleph, that Aleph which would symbolize how great he was, he wanted to leave it by Yikar el Moshe. Don't make me any bigger or better than Bilam. Just leave me. I want to just be beneath the radar. I'm an Anav. And Akadosh Baruch Hu says, no, you have to put an Aleph there. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, no, if I have to put an Aleph there, chach, let it be a small Aleph. So he puts a small Aleph there, so it's by Yikra, but it has the, the intonation of Ayikar as if Moshe Rabbeinu was really uncomfortable with the notion of being called somebody that has a full privilege to be called by the Rabbeinu Shalom. He's just Vayikar, I'm like Bilam, don't make me better. Of course, he was better, but he didn't want to have that recorded in the Torah in such a fa- fashion, being an honor. And the question, of course, is that there are a lot of things that appear in the Torah Describing the greatness of Meshra Rabbeinu. This is not the first place in the Torah that Meshra Rabbeinu is lauded for how great he is. 
Meshrabeno, all over the Tyra. He was the Bechalbesi Namano. He was told, was told to Miriam, what are you doing speaking Lashonara about him? He is the greatest person. He is the most reliable Ebed that I have in the world. That's pretty good, Shevach. You don't see that that Pasuk was spelled all in, in lowercase or in Isaiah's in, eras. In and there are many, many times in the Torah that we find that Moshe Rabbeinu was great and Moshe Rabbeinu still wrote it out fully. Why is it Dafka that the Anisanusai, the modesty of Moshe Rabbeinu is on full display here of all Psukim at the beginning of Sefer Vayikra as it says about Moshe Rabbeinu being called back to the Shparucho Me'ayomayit. And we're going to get to the answer, but first we're going to take a little bit of a detour and we're going to discuss the union of being a Balgaiva and the union of Anibus and the interplay between a Balgaiva and being an Anav. Now, Gaiva is a very, very difficult thing for many people. And the reason for that is because a person wants respect in life. A person wants to feel that he's special, that he's perhaps even better in certain ways than other people. A person wants to feel unique because every person actually is unique. And we are all here for a certain mission in life and we have a certain greatness that Hashem Prophet gives us. And in order for us to make sure that we are respected properly, we have a little bit of gaiva inside of us or a lot of gaiva and it sort of comes out in the course of our daily life. And the Mesos Yisharim, in a very amusing way, I say amusing, I remember I had a Seder with Rav Aaron Schechter, the Rashiva of Chaim Berlin, and we used to learn Mesos Yisharim for a number of years at Musa Seder. It was a very wonderful experience, and I have notes on half of Mesos Yisharim, I never got around to the other half with him, and Maybe I still will. Uh, it's very hard to, uh, you know, he has very little time. But I remember when we were learning the, this parak together, it's parak Yud Aleph, which is talking about Nikias, and the Ramchal goes and describes different forms of Algaivas in a very funny way. Ravan used to laugh when he was going through it because it's very, the way he puts it is so entertaining almost. And I'm not going to read it inside, but it's very Kedai, it's very interesting reading. The way that the Ramchal describes many different types of Balgaibas. There isn't just one type of Balgaiba. A lot of times if we would have to characterize a Balgaiba, if we would be, you know, making a, uh, a Purim spiel, and we'd want to, you know, sort of, like, illustrate what a Balgaiba is, it would probably be a, a guy that's very boastful, and that's walking around with a certain, you know, a certain way of walking, a certain way of talking, and very, you know, in your face, and very condescending, and very confrontational, and very full of himself, and always bragging about himself, and we know many different types of people that there are like this in the world, and that's the typical Balgaiba, no question about it. And the Ramchal says, but there's another Balgaiba that says that he thinks to himself, I'm so great, I'm so mechubad, that nobody even should give me covet. Meaning he goes the other way, like I'm too cool 
even to, for you to give me covered. It's also gaiva. I'm a big anav. I am, I'm proud of my anivas. I'm such a great, I'm, I'm such a great anav that I don't need your covered. I don't want your covered. Covered is nothing to me. That's also gaiva. A certain type of person is such a, he claims to be such a great anav that he has gaiva in his anivas. Meaning a lot of times people walk around and they're very like this, they're hunched over and they're very, very modest and very humble and, you know, walking around like that and in their heart of hearts they're thinking, wow, I'm so great, I'm greater than everybody else because I'm such an anav. That's also gaiva. And the gaiva, the Ramchal says, is very dangerous. It's a virus that creeps into you and you don't even know if you have it or not. And many people have gaiva even though they pravra nivos, they pretend and they go through the role of being an honor, but that itself is a gaiva. Reminds me of a, of a joke, an old joke, that somebody was, you know, a guest of honor at a dinner, and the person that was introducing him kept on speaking about one mila after another mila after another mila, and he gets a tug on his, on his jacket, then the, it's the, uh, the, the guest of honor is sitting there and, you know, and he's saying, you didn't talk about my anivas yet. You left out about my anivas. You spoke about how big Baal Tzedakah I am and what a big Tamil Chachim, but you forgot my anivas. And that's true for a lot of people. We like to be considered to be an anav and a tzaddik, and that itself is gaiva. So gaiva is something that even if we're not walking around with a, you know, like, like really like a, a mobster with all of our gaiva, we might still be baligaiva, even if we're really, you know, very, very anivastic of people, because the anivas and all of the things that we're doing might really emanate from a certain gaiva, an ego, and a boastfulness, and a feeling that I'm better than everybody, even if I'm not acting better, but if I'm acting not better, that's also perhaps a gaiva, and the, the Ramchal says you have to be very careful about this bug that gets into a lot of us. Now, the $64,000 question is if I am a Baal how do I get rid of the Gaiva? What do I do to contain the Gaiva and to exterminate the Gaiva from my midst? That's a very, very hard question because it's so hard to detect this virus because I might have it even if I don't think I have it. You're still a Baal So what do I do? How am I able to stop thinking that I'm so great? I have a lot of talents. Baruch Hashem, I'm sitting and learning, I'm good in learning, I'm very musical, I have a lot of friends, I'm good looking, I have a great, uh, a great job, I have a great prospect for a profession, I have a lot to go with, and I, and I feel good about myself, and a person, by the way, should feel a little good about themselves. This is not to say that a person should feel that they're, you know, terrible people, and they're awful, and that, that's not anivas either. Anivas means to have a, a normal, self-opinion of oneself and not over and above what's normal and not believing that you're God's gift to the world but you should feel a little good about yourself every person should there's something called Gaiva de Kedusha which is a healthy, good type of Gaiva if you're on a roll and you're learning well you shouldn't say, who am I to learn? Tyra, who am I to to say? No, you should you should feel a certain gaiva, which is called gaiva the Kedusha. We're not talking about that today. We're talking about the regular gaiva, I am it. I am it on the basketball court. I am it in the, you know, in, 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 in the debate, debate society. I am it when it comes to 
you know, stop in the dining room, I'm showing off, and I'm showing off about everything that I'm doing this summer, all of the interviews that I'm getting, and the jobs that I'm getting, and the, the schools that I'm, I was accepted to. That's the type of guy that we're talking about. And the overall feeling of a smugness, how do you get rid of that? So Ramchal says something amazing. This is not in Perak Yudalab, which we were just describing. This is in Perak Chaf, Perak Chaf Kimmel, I believe. And it says like this. Ramchal says that there is one way to get rid of gaiva. He gives a few ways, but for the sake of today's shmuz, I want to talk about one way. And that is based on a Mishnah and Avis. The Mishnah and Avis says that Histakel Bishlesha Devarim, If you look at three things constantly, you will never come to an Avera. And we know that one of them is where we come from and where we are, where we're going to. And then there is a final thing. Who are you going to give a din v'cheshven for? And we know that that is going to be someday we're going to have to meet our maker. And we're going to have to answer for all of that we've done. And Ramchal says something absolutely incredible. Imagine that moment in our minds for a second. That moment, we don't like to think about the day that we're going to die. But let's imagine, just for illustrative purposes for today, let's not think about that, but for today, for now, let's imagine we die. Okay? And we go before the Kisah Kavid. And there's a best in Hagado. You have all of the Gedele Hadar. <coughs> and then you'll see yourself in front of the Kisah Kavid. HaKadosh V'Atar B'Tachlis HaKadosh V'Atara The Rabbeinah Shel Eilam Who is so holy and so pure in the purest form of holiness. B'Sai Kedoshim M'Sharsei Gavaya and he is in the foundation, the pinnacle of Kedusha. And then around him, surrounds him all of the Mishar Se'elyayim, all of the ministering angels, strong, powerful beings, thousands, millions, surrounding this Kisei HaKavid. Asher Ha'inbam Komum, perfect. They are flawless, these malachim. And alachas kama v'kama, they're rabbinishlam on the kisei ha-kaved. And here comes me. And I'm standing before the kisei ha-kaved. Geruah, I am downtrodden. I'm low. I am not a perfect person at all. Quite the contrary. I'm a flawed human being. I'm a puny Mortal, standing in the presence of sheer holiness and perfection. By my very definition, I am Tomei. I am disgusting. What am I already? I'm nothing. I'm Tomei. I'm a girl standing in a, in a beautiful, Surrounding of the Rabbanishla, Malachi, Tzvai, Gibare, Kayach, 
Would then, when I'm standing before the Kisei HaKavid, Hayarim Reish, would I dare then lift my head in Gaiva? Do you think we're going to have one word to utter in this at this moment in time? And then they're going to ask you, in, your, in this world, in Eilam Hazah, you had all the time to talk. You were boasting. You were bragging. You were riding so high. You were putting people down. You were stuffing them. You were telling them how great you were, even though you knew that it was going to hurt somebody else. And now they're going to say, no, big talker. Go ahead, talk a little bit. Let's hear some more gaiva. Let's hear a little bit more bragging. I want to hear some more bragging. We're interested. It's entertaining. Let's hear it. Where is your brilliance now? Where is all of that honor that you claimed to have deserved? All that honor that you that you took with you in this world. Where is it now? Show it to us. We want to see how great you are. We want to see your brilliance. What are you going to answer them? How are you going to talk? says the Ramchal for sure. That if a person is a thinking human being and we are intellectually honest and we're able to imagine that moment in time clearly in our minds, that is going to be the cure for your gaiva. Gaiva works only when you're in Never Neverland. If you're allowed to believe, if you're in a world of make-believe, and you think that you're taka something, that you're very hot, you're really good, you're really so amazing, that you're smart, oh, you're brilliant, and you're so strong, you're so athletic, then, you know, in that never-never bubble, so then, yeah, you're taka, you're a big shot. But when you're in a presence of somebody great, let's say you're the best guy in yeshiva in basketball, Great. So in yeshiva, you're walking around, you're really big, and then they say, oh, by the court, somebody wants to play you. And you're laughing, <laughs> who's going to play me? I'm the best. No one can even touch me in basketball. I'll shut the guy out. And you walk to the basketball court, and lo and behold, Michael Jordan is standing on the basketball court just waiting for you. Do you have the gaiva then? Are you going to be like still strutting your stuff, or are you going to be running back to your dorm room like and, and hiding under the covers? You, your, your gaiva is gone. There's no gaiva anymore. The game is over. You don't stand a chance because you're up against somebody that's, that's a, amazingly much better than you. And that's a cheap example. When you're in the presence of somebody that's really great, in a ruchniistic sense, you're in front of the kisiyah covered with all the malachim, and in this world, you are claiming the covet for yourself, the gaiva, how great I am, how holy I am, how smart I am, how advanced I am. It's a joke. Because everything is relative. Maybe in your little pond, you are the big fish. But in the big world out there, and certainly in the Eilam Yanim, there is a completely different paradigm. It's a different world. 
it's a new world order and your gaiva has no place. And if you keep in mind this once in a while, with the then all of your gaiva is gone. You are going to be humble, period. There is no gaiva. Yeah, you might know how to, how to learn a Gemara, but if I would put you in the same room as, as Rechaim Kanievsky, as Rechaim you wouldn't be opening up your mouth. And the same is true with everything. All the covet, I'm great, I'm very smart, I'm a good person. I, yeah, you're a good person. And that's good, it's good to be a good person. But don't get carried away with how good you are, because everything is relative. In the front of the Kisah covet, everything is exposed. In the Eilam Ms, everything will be unre- un- 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 uncovered. And everything will be clear. And everything will be quite evident exactly where you are holding and where you are not holding. And that's a very, very humbling thought. When a person thinks about this and says, Ramchal, this is the cure for Gaiva. If a person thinks about this, really, that will end the gaiva. Parayach Tifrach will fly away the gaiva in an instant. Because you realize that it was all really just nothing but a, but one big charade. Rebellion Lapian said over B'Shem Mechavitz Chaim, we know that in the Eshes Chayel that we say Friday night, it's really the last parak of Mishlei, say for Mishlei, ends with Eshes Chayel. And one of the lines in Eshes Chayel reads, Noida basha'arim bala, bishiftayim zikne aretz. That her husband, the husband of the Eshes Chayel, is going to be known as he sits amongst the elders of the world. And we think, and or at least women certainly think, that the whole Eshes Chayel is about them. And is that it certainly is about the woman and a woman of valor and if she's good and she's an Eshes Chayel, wonderful. But if you look in Chazal, you'll see that it also has an additional deeper meaning and it's talking about the Taira. The Eshes Chayel, this woman of valor, is really the Taira and we go through Pasuk by Pasuk and there's an explanation for each Pasuk how it really ties into the Taira. Who is the Baal of the Eshes Chayel? This husband of the Eshashchah, the husband of the Torah, will be known as he sits, sits amongst the Zikne Aretz. Who is this husband of the Torah? Somebody that sits and learns Torah. That's the bow of the, of the Torah. And when will he be known? When will it be clear whether or not a person was really a Talmud Chacham or not? And the Chavetz Chaim says, it's Tafka B'Shiftayim Zikne Aretz. When we go up to Shemayim, to the Kisiyah Kavid, everything is going to be clear. In this world, it's very easy for a person to pass themselves off as a Tamar Chacham. All you have to do is, you know, you get smicha, you go for a, a two-year smicha program, I'm a rabbi, oh, he's a rabbi, he must be a Tamar Chacham. He, or you throw around a lot of chazal, you go to a, you know, you, as you're talking, you know, to people in general, you like weave into your conversations, Chazal and, you know, a lot of things, Tavla Mesev Tandu, and you'll throw in a Chazal about, uh, you know, Tayyip Mashnaim and Aechad, it's a Pasuk, and then you'll say about, uh, you know, it's just a good, it sounds good, you throw in a lot of Chazal, and you throw in a lot of, you know, Kamleib with Rabmina, you throw in cute lines here and there, and people think, oh wow, he's a big Kamachachim. And the Chavetz Chaim says, 
that that's a lot of people in this world, we pass ourselves off as Tamid Chachamim. People think, you know, you throw around the Gemara. And even if it's not just the cute Gemara, it's a, it's a real Gemara. Where do you know that Gemara from? You know, you're quoting a Gemara in, in the middle of Ksuvah somewhere. Wow, he knows Ksuvah. Where does he know it from? No, he doesn't know it from Ksuvah. He learned the Ksuvah, and the Ksuvah quotes this Gemara Ksuvah. So in the Mela, he's quoting a Gemara as if he knows it, but he doesn't. He knew it from the Ksuvah. Or he knew a different Gemara, says the Chavis time from Pnei Yeshua, you learned the Pnei Yeshua, Pnei Yeshua quotes the Gemara in Zvachim, and now you're talking, you know, you go, you're, you're talking in the dining room to somebody, and you're throwing around the Gemara in Zvachim as if you learned Zvachim, but you didn't. When is it going to come out? When is the truth going to come out that whether you are a real Tamachacham or not, only the Shiftei and Zikne Aretz, you're going to go, and you're going to sit amongst the Zikne Aretz, you die, and then in the Kisayat Kavid, you go there, and who's going to sit on the panel? Who's going to be the panel of judges to determine whether or not, you know, you were a Tamachacham or not? The Zikne Aretz, you're going to have the Cypher sitting there. You're going to have Roshach sitting there. You're going to have all the big Gedayim. They're going to give you a Fahar, and they're going to see what you really know. And then, and only then, is it Noida Bashar and Baal. Then we're going to find out. The truth. Were you a Tamil Chacham, a Miti or not? Or were you just passing yourself off as a Tamil Chacham? But you weren't. Very, very scary notion. Very scary notion. Because in this world we get, we, we get Gaiva. We feed off of the Gaiva people's, oh, he's a big Tamil Chacham. Yeah, he's a big Tamil. Let's see what he knows. And that's a Bechina that I don't think any of us really wants to sit by. I don't like Bechinas at all in general. But I certainly would not want to be faher by the likes of the Chavitz Chaim or the Chazanish or the Seichler, the Zikne Aretz. Then you're going to really be exposed for who you are. Agav, I just want to tell over a, a mice I saw. Um, there was a, uh, one day somebody came into the Mesha Chachma. It's actually in Megea this week's parasha. We're not going to go into the details. But I can give you my remarkable after share where you'll find the details if you're interested. There is a, one person came into a Meir Simcha. And he was very, very happy, the Meshachachma. And they said, why are you in such a good mood today? So he says, I was in the middle of being mechadish something, and then I fell asleep in my Gemara, and I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw this Kisah covered and all the, all the panelists of all the big tzaddikim and the big Kamidachacham that had died of Ardar, and of all the previous dayers, the Rishayim and the Ga'inim and the Tanam and the Amirayim. And they were sitting around and they were bemoaning the fact that there's no one out there in this world living on Eilam Hazard today that's really able to come up with a Chiddush Amiti, a real, true, Tayyidika Pshat in a Gemara, and a Chazal, something. We don't have that today, Nebuch. You know, we used to have it, but now we don't have it anymore. The Rashba stands up. This is not Mito, this is Rameya Simcha talking. The Rashba stands up in my dream. And the Rashba says that it's not true. There is a Yid, a Rav in Devinsk. His name is Rameyer Simcha Akayin, and he was Mechavein to a Emestik of Chiddush, something that I was not able to be Mechavein to. Because Rameyer Simcha was going on a Chubas Rashba. The Chubas Rashba asks a technical question, which we're not going to discuss, but it's from Parshas Vayikra. And the Rameyer Simcha gives a Pshat based on Evan Ezra in this week's parsha, and it was a beautiful pshat, and the Rashba has made himself 
that there's a Rameya Simcha on the Velt who is able still to be Mechadish, a Chidish, Amiti in the Torah. It's a very big Astama for the Meshachachma, obviously. But you see that there are Tamid and there are Naidu Bashar and Bala, Bashiftim Ziknearitz. But on the whole, we would be shocked if we would know how few people there are that could really, really be on the Madrega of Tamachacham, but yet they pass themselves off as a Tamachacham. And it's a very dangerous thing. Rapam used to always hate when people would stand up for him. When you come into a room, and Rapam was, of course, a very, very humble person. He wouldn't sit even on the Mizrach land. He wouldn't sit on, on the Mizrach wall. He would sit like in the seat behind, behind where they do Glilo. Right by that seat behind the bima, that's where he would sit because he was a very, he didn't want to sit, he didn't want covered, and he was upset about the fact when people would stand up. He said, I'm not a Tamil people think I'm a Tamil I'm not. Until finally he saw, so I forgot who, who he quotes it from, but he saw it in a safer, maybe it was a flaw, I'm not sure, but that, that there is a, uh, an Indian for meaning a person gets covered. Gets gets schar for standing up for somebody, even if the guy's not a tamachacham, but he thinks he's a tamachacham, he gets schar for that also. So meaning, if you stand up for somebody that you consider to be a tamachacham, that the belt considers to be a tamachacham, even if the truth is that he's not a tamachacham, the rabbanim shalom gives you schar for you he was a tamachacham. So then Rapam like got a little bit more calm about the fact that people are standing. Oh, let them get caught, let them get schar in But you should know that I'm not a tamachacham. I'm not a Tamukha, I think Rabbi Zalman was once dancing with a Sefer Torah and the, on Simchas Torah, and the Sefer Torah had a, a gartel around the mantle. What's that a sign? That's a sign that it's a puzzle of Sefer Torah. If you ever see a Sefer Torah and it has the gartel around the, the covering of the Sefer Torah, there's, there's the belt around it, that's a sign that there's something that needs to be fixed in the Sefer Torah. And he was dancing with this gartel and then he started crying. And he said that I, I should be walking around with a gartel around me to show that I'm puzzled. People think that I am, you know, who knows what. If bin I said I'm puzzled to save the what am I? People think that I'm a tamachach and people, they should know the truth. I should also be walking around with a big gartel around me. Because let people know that I'm not. It's a very, very frightening thought that a lot of times in life we go through life and we get credit where credit is completely not due, but in the Eilamah it will be clear to everybody what the real story was. And that's what the Mesot Sharm is basically telling us is the end of Gaiva. If a person envisions that moment in time as he stands before the Kisya HaKavid, uh-uh, no more Gaiva, I'm, I'm quiet, I'm out, I'm not going to say a word anymore, I'm completely deflated now, because I'm not, what Gaiva do I have, who am I? In this world, who cares about this world? It's the next world that counts, and the next world is going to be so humbling, we're not going to have a Pisgah path. We're not going to be able to open up our mouths for a moment and utter one word of daiva. We think, oh, we're going to go up to Shaman, we're going to give them a whole story and a whole song and a dance and how we're really deserving of it. We're not going to say anything. It's, not, it's, it's, it's over. It's clear at that point in time, it's clear that we have really nothing. It was all just the mirage. It was all just our own boastfulness, but we really have very, very little to show for ourselves. And I believe, Rabbi say that this could be the pshat. In of all places, in the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu showed and insisted on Anivos, 
He insisted that he'll put a small Aleph by his name. By Yikrael Meisha. He called to Meisha, oh no, please don't call me, don't call it by Yikrael. I don't want people to think, to get the wrong impression that you're calling me. You know why Meisha Rabbeinu Dafka here insisted on that small Aleph Zahira? By Yadabra Hashem Elah Me'el Me'el Lamer. Here is the time. Meisha Rabbeinu comes with Naiv Lufnim. Meisha Rabbeinu goes into the Elah Me'el and here is the Dibrois. Here is the Tzivoy. From the Rebbeinishlan, the Chvaydei Ba'atzmai, Mi Bein Akruvim. He stands before the Kisei HaKavid. What do you think Lufnaiv Lufnim is? Lufnaiv Lufnim is Mamish Lufnim Mi'atos, Litin Din Mechesh Lufnim Melech Malchem Lochem Gadosh Baruch Hu. This calling to Meish Rabbeinu was not Stam when he was walking on the street. It wasn't Stam when he was sitting eating a meal. It was when he went Lufnaiv Lufnim. He stood before the Kisei HaKavid. He saw the Shtina. He understood the greatness and the perfection of the Rabbeinu Shalom. That was what the Beis HaMikdash was. That was the Mishkan. That was the Kaddish HaKadoshim. That was the Ayel Mayed. It was Meish Rabbeinu as a human being standing before the Shechina HaKadosha, the Tachlis HaKadosha V'Atara. When you were at that moment in time, if you're Lufnei Hashem HaAyel Mayed, you shrink to an Aleph Seira. There is no gaiva. You might feel outside. Great. Once Moshe Rabbeinu goes out, he's the manage Shal Yisrael. Then maybe there is a hava meaning have gaiva. I'm the manage Yisrael. Look, I have shishim by people that are hanging on my every word, that follow me, that I'm leading. That's great. But when you come with me, Melch Malchem as great as you are, but it's so humbling. You feel like the Rambam. The Rambam says in the beginning of Yisaida Atara Parak Bez, Halacha Bez, the Rambam uses like a Lushan that when a person thinks about certain matters, he has a Lushan of Miyadu Nirsal if he sort of gets blown away backwards when he realizes about the Rabbi Nishlam, how great he is. The Yifchad, the Idea, Shuberia, Kitana, Shvela, Haimedes, Bedea, Kala, Lifnei, you realize that you're a shvela, you're a barrier shvela, you're, you're nothing. We're a puny, mere mortal human being about this big, a speck of dust, clape, a trillion miles of Rabbi Nishlam's Kedusha. And all of a sudden we become near Salah, says you're blown backwards, you recoil, you can't take it because you realize how petty, how small we are in the real picture, in the big picture. Moshe Rabbeinu, as you're going, Lufnaid Lufnim, standing before the Kruvim, and the Shechina is Medaber Mitaycha Kruvim. The Rabbeinu Shalom B'chvayi there's no Gaiva there. Moshe Rabbeinu insists, you can't say Vayikra. I can't have Gaiva when we're talking in front of the Kisei HaKavid. When I'm standing here, Lufnaid Lufnim, the Mesos Yisharim kicks in, and I realize that I have no room whatsoever for Gaiva. Look where I am. There, there's no gaiva outside, maybe. But when you're Lufnei Kisei covered in any context of the Kisei covered, you can't have gaiva. It's impossible. Call it by Yikar. Don't put the Aleph all together. You want the Aleph? Fine, I'll put a small Aleph. But I can't put a regular Aleph. I can't because I know. I realize how puny I am. I realize how small I am as I stand before you, Hashem.
And this is the Hakdama for saving Vayikra for Teres Kayhanim. Because Vayikra, to bring a carbon, to bring a carbon, what is the site of the carbonis? What is the purpose of carbonis after everything is scraped away, after all the minutia, all the thousands of halachas of kachim? What's the purpose of a carbon? And the Ramban says very clearly that the purpose of a carbon is you come close to Hashem. You come to the, uh, to the Beis Hamikdash, you come to the Mishkan, you bring your carbon. What happens when you come so close to Hashem? You realize how unworthy you are. You realize how small you are. You've realized how much you've sinned. You've realized how you haven't done what you were supposed to do in life. You become very small. You feel very, very small and you feel that you have no place for yourself in this world. And you go and you bring a carbon. And you know what they do to that carbon? They shaft the carbon. They do Zerika Saddam. They do Haiva. They do Haywacha. They do Akhtara. They do Zerika. And the Ramban says that as they are doing all of these processes, you're not supposed to just, um, you know, say, oh, wow, that's cool or that's a little gory. You're supposed to, you know, it's not like one of those, you go into these car washes, you get out of your car and you're able to watch your car as it's going through and you say, oh, cool and wow and like, you know, all those, it's, you know, all these amazing things happening. That's not what you were supposed to do. As you were watching your carbon being brought through the car wash and going through all of these processes, you're supposed to say, as the shrita is happening, that's me. I really deserve to be shafted for what I did for my Adairis and how small I am and how unworthy I am to be a Yid. But Baruch Hashem, the gave us an Eitzah, the carbon should be Makabo, my shrita. The dam should be my dam. But Baruch Hashem, Akhrishvah was accepting the carbon's dam. To be Eila on the Mizbeach, it should be me that's Eila on the Mizbeach, but the Akhtara is being done through a carbon. Very, very humbling experience the Karbanis are. And a person, when he brings a carbon, he gets closer and closer to the Rabbi Nishlam. The closer he gets, the, real, the more he realizes how small he is and how little room there is for gaiva. It says that when you stood up, you were bumper to bumper, you were shoulder to shoulder with people in the Azara in the Beis HaMikdash. But as you bow down for the Kairim, there was plenty of room around you. There was plenty of room. You know what that means? When you're standing up and you feel that you have gaiva, I'm standing up, I'm erect, everything is strong, powerful, it's me. There's no room for that in the base of Mikdash. You're cramped. There's no room for gaiva in the base of Mikdash. As you are subjugating yourself, which is what bowing down is. It's showing the Rabbani Shalom, been nothing. I'm nothing. It's all you, Hashem. I'm mamish ka'afra I'm close to the ground. I'm bending and I'm, I'm bending down on my knees and on my, and on my head onto the ground of the Azara. I'm saying I'm nothing. Then you know what happens. Mishtachim rebachim. Then there's room for you. There's plenty of room then. But the side of coming to a Beis HaMikdash, to come before the Shekhinah, it has to be with Anivas, with Achnar, with Shiflas, being mocked of yourself, showing that I'm nothing. I don't deserve to live. I have no place on this planet. That's the purpose of Karbana, says the Ramban. And that's why I believe this Hakdama to save Vayikra was about the Aleph Zi'ira 
as Meish Rabbeinu came before the Rabbeinu Shalom, there's no Gaiva. It's a small Aleph, if anything. And when we come before the Rabbeinu Shalom to bring our Karbanis, it's also no room for Gaiva. Shechita, Tzrika. You're bringing yourself. You're coming close to the Rabbeinu Shalom. You realize that I'm a Shvela Ketana. I'm just a nothing. I'm just small. I'm so, I'm so small. Before the Rabbeinu Shalom, before the greatness of the Rabbeinu Shalom. This is very Nagea Halacha Lamaisi, even though Bab Nisina Rabbim, we don't have a Beis Hamikdash, but we do have Tzfilah. Tzfilah is B'makim Karban. When we dive into the Rabbeinu Shalom, we're also coming before Him. It's hard to picture this because we're not coming perhaps into a Beis Hamikdash with all the Yaifu, with all the Hidr. We don't have a carbon to bring, a physical reminder of what's going on. But as we're opening up our mouths, when a Shama Parms Vaseno, Kim Rach Nishparo, the best carbon that we could bring to Hashem is a Rach Nishparo, is a broken spirit. If we come before the Kisiyah Kavid, if we stand before Ayman Lukna Melech, and we have all types of gaiva. And we have this. Right, what happens? We're mincha. Oh, you know, I'm in the middle of Shia. I just asked a great kasha. We have to run to mincha. Okay, boom. Come, Davin. I'm still full of myself. I never had a chance to properly deflate myself. My ego is still so there. My ribs, you know, I just close the big deal and I run to my rib. I'm thinking about the deal. I'm thinking about how great I am. How much money I just made. A chakras, I'm going to have such a great day today. I have a big deal, a big meeting, a big surgery ahead of me. I'm full of myself. That's wrong. Gaiva, there's no place before the Rabbi Yishlam with Gaiva. Remember, before whom you stand, you're standing mamish before the Kisar Kavid. The Rabbi Yishlam is Aymed Vifanecha as we're davening. And we should feel small. We should feel achna. We should feel Hashem's fasai tiptoch of Yagizas. I can't even talk before you. I have nothing to say. Like the Ramchal says, where's your mouth? What, speak up, talk a little bit. I can't. I'm not able to. I'm standing before you. What do I have to say? I can't say anything. And because she, you could utter the words of Shemayn Hasrei. But it should be achna. The Chassid Mari Shainim. Chazal tell us, the early Chassidim, they used to be Shayin, Shah, Achaz, Karid, Matfila. They would wait a full hour. Mishnabura says, don't think Shah, sometimes Shah means, you know, like a second. But Shah here means a full hour. They waited, Mahmish, 60 minutes before they daven. Could you imagine that coming? Davening is 7.45, and you're supposed to come here 6.45 in the morning and do nothing but think. Shayin. You just sort of just space out, think, you know, start getting into some spiritual zone. What are you thinking about during this hour? Hachna. You're thinking about what we're talking about today. You're thinking about how I'm a shvela, ma'uta, I'm a barrier kala, I'm just a little being standing before the Kisar Kavid. How do I have gaiva? The Rabbani Shalom doesn't want gaiva. The Rabbani Shalom needs you to get rid of the gaiva. If you're really Ayman of Melech, you should realize 
that I have no place for Gaiva. I have to get rid of that before Davening. There's a Misa that's told of the Rebellion Lapian. Rebellion Lapian was one of the Gedele HaMashpiyim in the previous Dairis. He was a Mashkiach. He was really a Rashiva in England. And then he went to Herzl Israel. He wanted to sit and learn and just retire. And the Chazanish said, absolutely not. You, have to, you still have a lot of years ahead of you. He was already an old man. I think he was 70, 80 years old. He says, you have a, I'm giving you a brachish, you have a but you have a lot more to give to Klai Yisrael. I want you to be a mashkiach in a certain yeshiva. And he was, and he was fire. Rebel Yilapian was mamish. He gave drasha shmuzin that were fire and brimstone. And not only in his yeshiva, but he would go around the whole world and give shmuzin. His Talmud was Reb Shalom Shvadran, also fiery, passionate speaker. And Reb Shalom Shvadran was one of the people that worked on his safe action, the way of it's a three-volume Musar Sefer that we have in the back of the Beis And Rebel Yilapian had a friend over his house, an old friend. I happened to be very close friends with his grandson, with his kid's grandson. His name was Rev Kersner. Rev Kersner, Rev Blazer Kersner, was an Eloy. His mom is a, a photographic memory. He would be able to remember, quote, Shaf and Paiskin, he was also able to quote people's phone numbers. He could meet a person 30 years ago and he'd still remember their phone number. He had a of photographic memory. And they were very close friends when they were younger. And he was staying by his house. And he woke up, Rabbi Kersner woke up early in the morning and he found Rebellion Lapian in the living room, let's say, of the apartment that, they, that he lived in. And they were about to go to davening, but Rebellion Lapian was pacing back and forth and back and forth and very, very deep in concentration. And he was saying something to himself. And what was he saying? He was saying, Don't bring an abomination to the house of Hashem. Do not bring an abomination, something that's disgusting into the house of Hashem. And if Kersner comes into the room and says, I can't help but notice that you keep saying over and over and over again this passage as you're pacing back and forth, what's up with that? And Rebelli Lapian says like this, he was already a yid that was 80 years old. He says, what's going to happen? I'm going to go into yeshiva now, we're going to go into Mishranish together, people are all going to stand up for me. And then... I'm going to say Kriyashma, and the Chazan is going to wait for me to finish my Kriyashma. I'm going to say Hashem Lekechem Emes, and only then is the Chazan going to say Hashem Lekechem Emes. And then I'm going to Davin my Shemana Esrei, and the Chazan is going to wait for me until I say Eishashalim to start his Esrei. The whole Tzibor is waiting for me. That's a tremendous, tremendous ego trip. When a person, when the whole Tzibor waits for a brother, that's a, it's a very big gaiva. And it says, Tayadas Hashem, Kol that anyone that has a Gaiva Dikahard is a Tayeva, it's an abomination. So I'm saying to myself, don't bring that abomination, that Gaiva, that Givalev, don't bring it into the base Medrash. Get rid of it before you start davening. You are not allowed to bring before the Rabbani Shalom any sort of Gaiva. And Rav Kersner says, you know, 
with all proper respect, with all due respect, you're 80 years old. Does a yid at 80 still have diva from this stuff? Okay, you know, if you're a 30 year old guy, 40, 50, okay, fine, we all have, you know, we're, we're strong, we're vibrant, we think we still can take on the world, and we still think we're Meshach Feinstein. But at 80 years old, I mean, doesn't it like calm down a little bit? Doesn't this diva, this feeling, this need of COVID, doesn't it go away? After a while, you know, you're sitting in the nursing home, or you're sitting, you know, like, when, when does it stop? So, Aurelia Lapian says that covet and gaiva is like a hand grenade. You know, a hand grenade is something that's, that basically, you know, you pull the, the plug out, and you throw it, and then you, uh, and then it, it explodes. But sometimes, you know, it doesn't always explode right away. Sometimes, like, you know, the Vietnam War was over, who knows how long, 40 years ago. And, you know, some, you, you read articles, you know, there was like some unexploded artillery shells, and boom, you know, 40 years later, it exploded, somebody, a kid was playing with it, and he, you know, and it exploded on him. This happens. He says, Gaiva is like a hand grenade. He says, don't think that because it's been sitting and sitting and sitting around too long that it's gone. He says, it's always there. There's always the potential for Gaiva. And you have to always work on yourself and never assume that, oh, I've completely, you know, I've completely taken it apart. I've completely undone my gaiva. I don't have any need for covet anymore. If anyone says, you know, I don't have a need for covet. I've, you know, I've done everything. I've already gotten, don't believe it. There's always a need for covet and covet is like that hand grenade that just sits there and it could explode at any moment. Before we come before the Rabbi Nishalem, before we daven, we know, like by Musaf on Yom Nairam, the Chazan makes a whole proclamation, Hinini, you know, a whole disclaimer that I'm not worthy and I'm mamish small and I'm, I'm not, I'm, I, who am I to stand before Kisah Kavid? The emphasis is that we should really say this every day before davening. Hinni, Ani, Mimas, I'm so, you know, small, I'm so impoverished from deeds. Nirash, I'm shaking and trembling to stand before the Kisah Kavid. Halavai, we should have such a nusach to say before daven. I don't think it would help. We daven that up also, like we daven the rest of the davening up. But imagine if we would have such a frame of mind. As we're coming, we're taking those three steps forward to start Shemana and we're thinking, wow, I'm about to mamish stand before the Melech. The Rabbani Shalom is mamish b'chvayi d'b'achmei standing. I don't have to wait till I go up to Shemayim. To stand every day, three times a day at least. I stand before I'm Melech, and there's a din you need to have kavana. The Rambam of Chaim, I need kavana. The Yom Melech. We should be fainting. There should be like mass faintings in the base marriage before we start Shemayin Esrei. We shouldn't be, start, you know, just waltzing into Shemayin Esrei and davening. But we do that. We come in with our full gaiva. That's not the way it's supposed to be. We are really supposed to depressurize ourselves. We're supposed to decompress. We're supposed to, de- to to get rid of all of the inflated gaiva inside of us. All that we're not supposed to bring before the Rebbein Shalom gaiva. There's no room for gaiva when we stand before the Rebbein Shalom. That's the lesson that we take from the fact that Meish Rabbeinu put an owl of Seira while he was standing before the Kisah Kavid, this is the lesson of the Karbanis to come before the Rebbe Nishal and the Shiflus, Bachna, realizing how small we are and the Avaidah is to understand that we don't even deserve to live. 
And we walk away humbled from the Beis HaMikdash. And that should be the same inside of Tfilah. We stand before the Rabbani Shalom. We have a schus atzum to stand before the Rabbani Shalom every day in Davin. But it can't be with Gaiva. It has to be with the understanding when I'm standing before the Rabbani Shalom, there's no place for Gaiva. Who am I? Hayarim Reish. Can you lift your head at all as you're standing before the Rabbani Shalom? Where's your mouth? Where's your gaiva? And if you're asking yourself these questions before you start Shemayin Esrei, it's not just a better Shemayin Esrei, it is a Shemayin Esrei. It's a prerequisite for Shemayin Esrei is to get rid of the gaiva, to wash it away, to understand that as we're standing before the Kisya Kavit, nothing matters anymore. I don't matter. The things that I think are important in life are not important in life. The only thing that's important is serving the Rabbeinu Shalom. And after the Yira, after the Achna, then we'll kick in the Simcha. And again, it's important not to walk away from the Shmuz believing that we're nothing, we're something. And that was what the Alta from Sabbatko always used to tell us. It's good to have a little Gaiva. A little Gaiva is healthy. It's good. We should feel that we are... You know, we're, we're doing well in yeshiva, we're doing well in shir, we're doing well with whatever we're doing in life, and feel good about yourself. We're not talking about that, we're talking about uh, getting the disease called gaiva. Not just feeling good, a healthy self-esteem is good, it's healthy. But it's when we go above and beyond and we think that we're much better, and we're greater, and we're, we're, we're higher, and more superior than other people, that's when it gets very, very dangerous. So, Mirza Hashem, we should take the lessons of Sefer Vayikra, to heart, we should be zeichet to have the proper gaiva, but we should also be zeichet to rid ourselves of the terrible form of gaiva, and before the Rabbi Nishayim, it's impossible to be anything but an honor.